back to the FPL Roundtable, the only fantasy Premier League podcast where we guarantee that you personally will probably learn something about fantasy. Who knows? Um, for full disclosure, this is our third time starting this show uh, between me flubbing things and Skype errors. This is just getting ridiculous, which if it was usually just Rob, like, you know, we just do it forever to be an all-nighter. But this is with uh, guests on the line. Uh, you're more than a guest. What are you, like, a, a guest with benefits, maybe? Kind of I mean, I show? should be the official co-host, and, you know, Rob's just filling in for me half the time. Whoa. Then some shots fired across the bow of the boat that I assume that Rob is in as he's down in Jamaica right now. Yeah, he can't hear me, and he's definitely not going to listen to this. <laughs> that is a good point. Uh, if, Rob, if you are listening to this, go have another drink on a beach, my dude. Why are you... Why are you listening to your own podcast that you're not on on vacation? Uh, he just true. he's getting Wally pipped, and he knows it. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, but seriously, John, thanks so much for uh, sticking around with us through all of those issues, uh, and for not being in Jamaica during the show. That's uh, very professional of you. My pleasure. <laughs> Great. Um, so <laughs> the reason why we're even bothering to do this again at the late hour that we're attempting this. Uh, is because we really wanted to get something out to you folks this week, especially since we missed the midweek last week. And I'm not sure what's going to happen next week because I'm going to be uh, in less sunshiny England. I don't want to go too far out on a limb, but I'm going to say England less sunny than Jamaica. Your take? Uh, 6-1. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> About even. They're similarly located around the equator. Um, yeah. The King- <laughs> Kingston Fog is a very prominent brand of trench coat. <laughs> But it comes with like a visor and some shades. It's it's a really interesting product choice. Um, <laughs> but uh, the big story as we come into recording today is uh, the Arsenal versus Crystal Palace match, which went as uh, nobody expected, I would imagine. Uh, Crystal Palace beating them 3-0, as we all expected on penalties, was millage... Hmm. There's lots of M's, L's, J's, V's, and C's in some order... Uh, he's the defensive midfielder that has genuinely really helped that Crystal Palace defense. But this week, we, we heard some people saying, you know, maybe to avoid Mamadou Sako and Wilfred Zaha because they have so many tough matches in the run-in. Then you have Arsenal on the other side with Alexis and a lot of people liking Walcott. I know you're a fan yourself. Uh, this match obviously going opposite ways. Are you more impressed with the uh, performance of the Crystal Palace guys? Or are you more disappointed in the fantasy performance of the Arsenal guys? Yeah, from a fantasy perspective, Kev, I think you have to be more disappointed with the Arsenal guys. And some of it's, you know, down to Arsenal Wenger and, and a little bit of the rotation that he's played. And, you know, not knowing if you're going to get Alex Awobi, Alex Oxley Chamberlain, Aaron Ramsey, Mesut Ozil, whoever, you know, is going to be in that midfield. Um, but for me, it's, it's Walcott being, I mean, thoroughly disappointing um, when. I've been pretty high on him, maybe not as high as like you know our friend Neil Thurman, but uh, definitely, definitely bought into Walcott early. You know, and you those would have he would have done well against Schlupp, who was a winger yeah, two seasons ago, and yeah, not a very good wing back. Not year. and not a very not very good going backwards. No, I'd agree right. with that. Um, one, I mean, Mamadou has been phenomenal since he joined from Liverpool on loan. I mean, I've been investing in Saku. six. <laughs> yeah. And you know, Zaha is phenomenal. This is the you know hashtag season of Zaha. Uh, but for Afcon derailing him, I, I think that 
we're having a very different conversation right now. I think most people would have never sold him and people wouldn't be having to buy back in. Um, you know, the main problem that I have with, um, with Crystal Palace is going to be the fact that some of their values aren't going to be quite as valuable because they only have seven matches left. Um, you know, obviously Southampton, uh, Arsenal, Manchester United still have eight. And then there's nine teams that only have six. But, you know, as we look to these last, you know, six game weeks and then a couple of, or maybe as many as three double game weeks upcoming. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm, I wanted to buy in. I really wanted to buy into Arsenal with their eight matches left. And after after this performance against Palace, I'm thinking it's Walcott and no one else. Yeah, it's definitely a concern, especially with uh, Sanchez's high price. Um, also, uh, a lot of people were kind of writing off Costa and Lukaku coming into this weekend, saying, you know, there are so many other options out there. And then both of them get on the score sheet. Lukaku, obviously, twice. And some of us were captaining Romelu Lukaku and reaping the <laughs> rewards. Um I mean, I don't know why you wouldn't captain Della Ali. Maybe it's just a little bit less Tottenham bias on your part um, and that it resulted in less net points. I'd but, rather, I don't know, captain the best toffee than like the fourth best spur. Interesting. Seems a little harsh on, uh, on my boy Della there with his goals and assists, but um, <laughs> hard to argue against Lukaku, who leads the league in goals. Um all right, well, uh, without uh, too much uh, further ado in the middle, again, as I say, uh, we're recording this for the third time now, uh, we're going to hit a segment called Either Or, which uh, you have not been on previously before. Um, <laughs> we did get a dry run of it, uh, so we'll truncate it so that we don't overlap too much with our start sets that already happened. Um, but we'll start off with Wilfried Zaha, who we touched on briefly uh, already who has just been absolutely ridiculous the past few weeks, and Josh King, who scores every time he puts the ball on target. Who would you rather have between them? I, I would rather have Wolfie Zaha, um, and that's not just because Bournemouth only have six matches left to Palace is seven. I think that Zaha is going to be uh, a you know, better value uh, on a per-minute basis, uh, and you know, giving him the extra 90 is, is only a, an additional boost in his direction. Fair enough. Uh then Eden Hazard versus Alexis, who you just kind of mentioned that you don't really want other Arsenal players through the end of the year. Um, yeah, obviously- I bought, yeah, I mean, I, Alexis is one of those guys that I was looking for to say, like, I would love to get him in and I would be willing to eat that, you know, utterly absurd midfield price of 11.6. I mean, it's for me, by the way, it's Hazard. It's not close. And it's not just that you can get him for, you know, 1.3 less. It's that. I trust Hazard more than I do Alexis Sanchez right now. I mean, Kev, like, I mean, you're well aware, but Sanchez is a guy who, since game week 15, only has two double-digit scores, and that was, you know, against Swansea when he got 11, mm-hmm. against Hull when he got 15. If you look back over his last five game weeks, he only has one performance over four points, and in the last three, he's flat blanked. He went two-three-two against City, West Ham, and Crystal Palace. Like. Yeah. I wanted to buy in. The guy's got eight matches. He's got two double game weeks upcoming, and they're going to include Southampton and Sunderland. Like, who doesn't want to buy in? But right. how do you right now? Yeah, no, I think it's a, an excellent point. It's not uh, looking super happy fun times uh, for Arsenal when it should be. Like, with all their fixtures remaining, we should be, you know, tripping over ourselves trying to get all these Arsenal guys in. And the fact of the matter is, you know, with these kinds of performances lately, you just don't want to. And in a real-world football context, it's why they're probably going to miss out on Champions League. Um, 
because they just can't put it together. Also, the defense is just miles behind where it's been years of late. Um, <laughs> like, do you want to own any Arsenal defender? Maybe Gabriel. I would. Priced. Gabriel might be. No, I wouldn't own Gabriel. I absolutely wouldn't. I would own Mustafi, and some of that is my um, my draft league bias coming out because yeah. I know how good Mustafi's been in draft leagues. Um, when you start looking at his price, it's it's a little harder to justify getting him in there. You know, five dot eight. Um, I have to say, I'm a little bit surprised his ownership's not higher than one point eight percent, but. I can also understand it. Um, before well, do you know where they off, are in goals allowed right now? They're where eight. is where's Arsenal they're in total almost, goals allowed? Yeah, they're almost out of the top ten. Yeah, they're atrocious. They've allowed for people that don't know they've allowed thirty nine goals. I mean, everybody talks about how Liverpool has like an atrocious defense. Liverpool's allowed forty. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Liverpool's played thirty two matches. Arsenal have only played thirty matches. Yeah. Um, they could, you know, well surpass Liverpool. They could, you know, have a worse defense than West Brom. They could have a worse defense. Uh, I mean, it's almost certain they'll have a, a worse defense in terms of goals conceded than Southampton this season. So, um, no, and, and it really pains me because you'll probably remember, particularly in draft, but I mean, also um, in salary cap format in the official game, I was really high on Hector Bellerin early, and I thought this would be the season that we saw Bellerin take that step forward and, short of penalty duty, maybe become, you know, the next Leighton Baines and, and really have. Yeah, right? I mean, he's not even the next Kieran Trippier. I mean, I guess technically he's the next Kieran Trippier because I'd rather have Kieran Trippier zero points off the bench than Hector Bellerin's negative two or whatever. But, um, yeah, I mean, Mustafi for me in in draft, but none of these guys in salary count. Yeah, um, one thing about Trippier, I I, uh, tweeted a fake stat like a a couple weeks back (laughs) that I I keep wanting to retweet, but I I weirdly don't have the ego to retweet my own stuff yet. but it was a uh, uh, alternative fact. Kieran Trippier has assisted uh, with a cross from the right wing in every match he's played since he was 11 years old. Huh. That seems uh, plausible. Hey, right? It sounds so plausible. Every time he's on the pitch, it feels like he, he whips in some cross from the right. And they're always so good. I, I was talking to a friend. I, I actually um, <laughs> had to trek up to Chicago to deal with. Some federal government nonsense that we will not elaborate on on this show. Um, but I ended up getting to uh, go to the Chicago Spurs group over at Atlantic Bar, which was a terrific experience. But I was talking with somebody about the best individual skills at Tottenham. Um, so like Kane's finishing, Walker's pace, Toby's uh, vision, and just overall defensive acumen. And I was arguing that Kieran Trippier's crossing in a vacuum, like without any other <laughs> quote-unquote defensive attributes that he may have, that Kieran Trippier's crossing is arguably one of the top five traits at Tottenham. Ooh, maybe top ten. Like, Ooh, you're, you're, is, you're not feeling the Trippier love. I mean, listen, Kyle I'm Walker is a much sure better player. It's not even his close. best thing. What do you think is his best thing? Having the worst haircut every week by far? Oh, well, yeah, it's not great. It's not um, good. It's just bad quality hair. Well, I would – this is bizarre, and I don't I don't have the data in front of me to back it up. Mm. But, like, his situational awareness, like, his positioning on the pitch is, like, routinely very good. That's why I'm so irritated that he doesn't get into uh, Poke's side leg very often. Yeah. Um, so I wonder if he just – if I've only really watched full 90s with him in, in limited – 
occurrence or if he just he doesn't show it on on the training pitch like I don't know um but I I like I like Trippier a lot and not just as a fantasy asset but I I did legitimately believe when he moved to Tottenham he was good enough that he was going to lock down that starting role yeah we both did at the time yeah Kyle Walker had not really developed yet and then Pochettino just decided to make Walker and Rose the best wing back duo in England um yeah, and I'm, I'm not sitting Whoops. here suggesting that he should be starting over this version of Kyle Walker. It's just a shame Walker. that he isn't. Yeah, starting. I just yeah, didn't no, see I totally this happening. <laughs> I, was, uh, I had imbibed enough alcohol during that uh, Tottenham-Watford match that I whispered to somebody. I was like, is it okay if I kind of want us to sell Trippier? Like, not because he's not good enough for us, but just I feel like he deserves more shine than he's getting. Um, like, if he went to a club like Palace that have been desperate for a right back ever since Joel Ward stopped being good at football or something like that. Like, I, I just think he deserves a lot more credit than he's going to get behind um, Walker, but he's on high wages and looks like we're going to be Champions League bound again. So might be another year of frustration. But if, Tripp- if Trippier moved to any other club, like especially mid-table, he would instantly be one of the five best fantasy defenders for me. Yeah. I, I don't think you're going to get any argument from anybody that we routinely talk to about it. <laughs> yeah. Well, we all like draft as well. So uh, yeah, those accurate crosses, man. <laughs> um, all right. Uh, we were in the middle of either or I kind of forgot about. Uh, so Sigurdsson or Sterling, they're both in the sevens. Sigurdsson, obviously the main part of a not super great attack and Sterling really an ancillary part of a terrific attack. So these are two guys that I absolutely love. You can, they're the guys that I was high on in the summer. They're guys that I, were tar- I was targeting in, in drafts and I thought were massively undervalued in the salary cap format. Um, I'm just also like a huge Raheem Sterling homer still from his Liverpool days. And <laughs> I don't begrudge him his move at all. Um, and Siggy's been somebody that back when he went to Tottenham, I was dying that he didn't end up at then Brennan Rodgers Liverpool. Um, but... Siggy, I think, has become a bit. He's not in. The, he's not as involved in the run of play anymore. Um, he doesn't seem to be linking up well with whoever their Fernando Llorente replacement is. And I like the uh, fact that Jordan Sterling has the extra match. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Who I started the week he didn't score. Didn't start the week he did score. Lost both those weeks. Yeah, we're not going to get into it anyway. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, for you know, for Sterling to get the extra match, City still have seven matches. Swansea only have the six. Um, Sterling is absolutely capable of producing from the run of play. He's obviously dynamic inside the box. He has the opportunity to draw a penalty. I, I like him a lot, um, and I think that he's young enough and, and he's fit enough that I, I don't see Pep, you know, really rotating him out over the last seven matches. Yeah, it'll definitely be interesting. I do also like. Um Leroy Sané, and it'll be interesting to see what Gabriel Jesus does. Um, but yeah, I, I agree with they you. They should not bring Gabriel Jesus back is what should happen there. Like, <laughs> for what purpose are they going to risk that 19-year-old's leg? I mean, are they going to like seriously like Liverpool Owen him and just like do permanent damage that he never recovers from and he becomes like a 25-match-a-year player? Yeah. It's that, ridiculous. That would obviously be a shame. Um, we're we're going to play a little game of uh, bias versus bias here. So if, if you're thinking about Tottenham players... Would you rather have Son or Della Ali? I would rather have Ali, uh, yeah. despite the price difference. Okay. Would you rather have Ali or Erickson? Erickson, that's not close. I okay. love Christian Erickson. 
Uh, me too. You know this. I think we keep <laughs> drafting him away from each other every year. All right. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Put that to the side for a second. Would you rather have Philippe Coutinho or Roberto Firmino? Firmino, and it's not particularly close. Man, Coutinho keeps going goals. All right. Uh, in in the in the official game, because a lot of yeah. things Firmino is doing don't really help. I know, but okay. I think he's gonna like. I think he's gonna pop like three in the next six. Fair enough. Uh, and then bringing it together, Christian Eriksen or Roberto Firmino. So it's Firmino on a per game basis, but I mean, with the fact that um, Tottenham have uh, have the extra match in hand, they're going to have a double game week. For that, at least, I, I would say Eriksen. Um, but otherwise, yeah, Firmino for me, and it's not. Per- uh, those two guys are really tight, but for me, it's Firmino over everybody else there, but Erickson. Firmino over everything, unquote, John Wallen for life. <laughs> yeah, that's about right. <laughs> that, that sounds, yeah. Um, <laughs> actually, fun fact, uh, Roberto Firmino's mom tried to make an official fan club, but found out that she'd been beaten to the trademark by one John Wallen. Yeah. That is definitely maybe a true fact. Firmino's <laughs> agent, right here. <laughs> Come on, Bobby Firms. Where are you at, man? Um, all right. Well, now we will take a quick commercial break and come back with Start Sits. Oh, man. Can you believe that that product wanted to endorse us? And also, how great a product is it? It's, it's great. Yep. It's definitely the best, unless it's a service, in which case it's the best service. I don't know who our sponsors are at any time we record the show. They let us know after the fact who our sponsor was. Um, I like the service they provide. <laughs> Boom. There it is. I think we've fulfilled the requirements of that read. That isn't even a live read. <laughs> We're uh, moving on laterally. That's uh, the theme of this show. All right. Uh, well, on to uh, my start sits. Uh, my forward to start this week is Harry Kane. Um, 11.3, only 9.8% owned. So he's also weirdly kind of a differential right now. Um, he had a couple of half chances in his substitute appearance against Watford. He came out, was very candid, said that he wasn't 100%, which is why he came off the bench. Uh, but before the injury, he was one of the most formed players in FPL. He had that run of hat tricks, <laughs> um, in all competitions. It wasn't just the Premier League. Um, but then he took that ankle injury and then in his absence, you've had Son, Ali, and Erickson all constantly feeding each other. Um, they've all been scoring and assisting each other in weird combinations. It's been great. So putting Kane back at the tip of that <laughs> is kind of rude. Um, I do think Son holds on to a starting spot for now. I think until both Victor Wanyama and Danny Rose are fit, we're going to keep seeing this 4-2-3-1, which does give Son that spot on the left with Kane at the tip of the spear there. Um, and <laughs> the matchup is Bournemouth, who have allowed 2.2 goals per match over their last five away matches on average so it should be a big day for the spurs contingent and i very much hope that's the case because i'm gonna uh be there and i would very much like to get my uh my money's worth on that end um in the midfield we've already touched on him a little bit but wilfried zaha at only 5.8 uh two goals three assists in his last five matches leads the league in assists over that period and he's looked very good while doing it um we've mentioned in the past few weeks on the show uh without john unfortunately but now he's staking a claim here um, so maybe in future weeks, where you at, Rob? Um, <laughs> but, uh, he's looked so good. And despite the fact that they're tough matches on the horizon, and nobody's going to argue that Crystal Palace have a lot of rough matches left, but Zaha seems to be thriving in the spotlight. He had 11 points against Chelsea. He had 11 points against Arsenal. Um, 
This week, not as high profile, although Leicester are on a very good run, just lost to Everton notwithstanding. But they have to be focusing on the Champions League. So I think, you know, we're, we're going to see a big day from uh, Wilfried Zaha against Christian Fuchs, who A, would rather be attacking, and B, is just not the player that he was last year at all. Uh, and in defense, I really like Everton this week, particularly Mason Holgate, who's still ridiculously lowly owned. Still <laughs> too low priced as well. I think he's still at four even. Um, and I, I know the Everton defense has not been the same since Coleman went out. I do get that. But this is against Burnley. They are just awful away from turf more. Uh, <laughs> their main forward, Andre Gray, hasn't put a shot on target in his last five matches. Uh, so yeah, give, give me some of that Everton defense. Who, who, uh, who are you looking at this week? Um, well, you know, in the midfield, from, it's going to be Theo Walcott. I really like that matchup that Arsenal gets. Uh, against Middlesbrough, I uh, don't love the fact that they're not going to play until the Monday, just because you know you like to count your points. <laughs> you like to count your points earlier in the weekend, but um, kids are perfectly capable. And he, Walcott is, by any normal human standard, still a kid, despite the fact that he is very old in FPL years. Um, you know, he's shown. I don't know. Okay, I think he's shown really good form this year. Uh, kind of reminds me of that season, like way back in what 2012-13, where he, we went off for double-digit goals and assists, like 14 mm. and 11, something like that. Um, and you know, I think if he was getting just a little bit more run uh, to lead the line there, um, that you know he'd he'd be able to challenge that. In defense, again, just for this week, just because they're facing Watford. I really like reinvesting in either um, Alfie Mawson or uh, Martin Olsen from Swansea. They're both very inexpensive. Um, they're not hugely owned. Uh, you probably think that they're that they're higher owned. Olsen is at uh, 4.4. He's owned in 1.1% of leagues. Mawson is uh, 0.2 more expensive. He's only owned in 2.4% of leagues. Hmm. Uh, after the trip to Wofford, you could even you know justify holding on to them for another week, maybe as your fifth defender, um, because they do have Stoke home. I know once we start getting into the um, you know 34, 35, 36, people are going to be looking for their double game weeks. Um, I kind of want to complain about forwards a little bit, if you don't mind. So Go feel free it. to cut me <laughs> off here. But like, I want to love Troy Deeney so much. Um, you know, he is still dead level. With, you can't uh, make him love you if he won't. I know. <laughs> but, dude, on 120 points, he's dead level with Jamie Vardy this season, but he costs uh, 3.2 less. Like, he's he should be so much... Oh, I just... I, it's so infuriating. Going back to the last four, zero. Zero didn't play. Zero points in 90 minutes. Zero points didn't play. 11 points in 90 minutes against uh, Albion. Then he comes back 21 minutes against Spurs, registers one point. I, it's just, it's mind blowing. You know, you were mm-hmm. talking earlier about who, who was touting Palace. I actually liked Palace in this match. I thought they had a decent chance to come out and win two one. I um, I touted Christian Benteke mm. um, on Twitter, and you know, then they go out, they pop for three, and Benteke does basically nothing. <laughs> Is, to be yeah, fair, in real he, world, he did a lot of stuff that helped him absolutely. win. But yeah, fantasy-wise, not so much. Yeah, and even in draft, not not super good. Um, but Benteke now, six twos a, and a one, so seven 
of his last nine, he has one or two points. Ooh. He does have 10 against Chelsea, five against Southampton. But that streak gets even worse if you look back. If you go all the way back to game week 14 now, six in 15 against Hull, two, two, negative one, two, one, two, two, six, two, 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 one, two, 10, five, two. Like, oh. This has not been a Benteke season. Like, where have you gotten good, consistent value from, like, a discount forward? Jermaine Defoe's off his run of form. Yeah. Um, so, Which, by the way, form- we actually talked about on the show, that he had never scored more than 18 goals in a season. And at the rate he was going, everybody was saying, like, 20-plus. We were just like, mm, maybe, maybe slow that hype, you know? Yeah. I mean, look, guys have fallow periods, too. Nobody comes in and hits, you know, eight and 12 matches and then goes on to score 40. Like it's just, you know, it's it's not the game's too long. There's too many matches. These guys get worn down. There's too much rotation. There's too many cuffs. Like it's, it's impossible to do. Um, But one player I know I've I've been railing against sort of these, uh, these short schedule teams like Liverpool only has six matches. Um, Remaining West Brom only has six matches. Everton only has six matches. Hull city. Uh, But I will make an exception to have Divac Origi in my lineup, uh, particularly this week traveling to West Brom. Uh, I like him at uh, 6.2. He's mm. coming in at 7, uh, 7.2% selected. Uh, he's meshing really well with Phil and Bobby. He's got two goals in his last three. We've seen before this season he's capable of scoring in droves. He scored four in a row, uh, weeks 13 through 16, Sunderland, Bournemouth, West Ham and Middlesbrough, and that's a very similar run to what Liverpool have upcoming here. Uh, there you have West Brom, Palace, Watford, Southampton, West Ham, and Borough, with three of those matches coming uh, at Anfield and at three away. There's mm-hmm. no one there to challenge him for that place. He's still young enough that I think Klopp's going to use him. There, you know, He's experienced Why enough that Klopp can Surge trust him. there to challenge him for that place? He just got back healthy like oh, five again? minutes ago. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, he wasn't healthy when we recorded the first version of this show, I'll tell you that. <laughs> and he won't be healthy when we've done finishing the fourth version. So, right. you know, there's a very narrow window for him. I'm sure right now he's somewhere training and um, will actively be back in it. But, I mean, even if, let's say, you know, Sturridge just comes back and he's perfectly healthy, Liverpool are, are really struggling for every point right now. And I could see... Klopp thinking that having Sturridge as a 20-minute difference maker coming in, you know, sort of recreating what uh, Coutinho and Firmino were able to do in their their 45 minutes um, this past uh, week, that's, that's going to be sort of an invaluable player to have. Um, and, I, you know, I, like, I do like Sturridge to, to produce in short minutes, but, I mean, much like Sec Fabregas earlier in the season, like, in draft, that's fine, but, I mean, in a salary cap, like, you can't you can't start like Fabregas when he's coming in for a 17-minute cameo, even if he is getting an assist every time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, that, that is a tough situation, that whole Sesc, Willian, Pedro trio of, if it was, you know what, what it reminds me of? Do you remember the old like New Orleans Saints backfield in fantasy American football? Or like if they just yeah, stuck with one of like, them? Yeah. Yeah, just if you have three options and you're playing them evenly, none of them have value. But if you play just one of them, it would have been valuable. It's just a very frustrating situation on the whole. My uh, forward frustration is actually about a forward that scored this week. Um, so I'm I'm getting rid of Diego Costa. 
at 10.5. He's 33.7% owned, which is way high. He did score at the weekend, but it was scuffed and is not filling me with confidence. Uh, he has three top six defenses uh, in a row here. And there are a lot of good forward options now. Uh, and I'm just not that interested in keeping uh, Diego Costa, especially up against Manchester United. I know that their defense is kind of mishmashed at the moment. <laughs> but if you think Jose Mourinho isn't going to just try to make this the most boring match you've ever seen in your life, I think you're sorely mistaken. Um, personally, well, United, I, well, A, United's defense has been a mishmash all season long. It feels like it's um, been like that just for a few years now. Yeah, of just like random Smallings and Joneses and Blinds and by well by just this year, but Rojo's been in there. It's a mess. Also, remember how Jose Mourinho said that uh, Luke Shaw was a terrible footballer and didn't deserve to be in the squad, and then played two straight weeks, and then was arguably their man of the match last week. And has assists in both of them. Uh-huh. Dude, I want I want to buy in. Like Luke Shaw was the other defender I wanted to talk about when we were talking about the Swansea guys. Yeah, but I don't know if. He gets to like keep if you that had spot. to take a, a four-point hit, yeah, if you had to take a four-point hit to bring in Luke Shaw right now so that you knew you had him guaranteed for it. both the double game weeks, you still can't do it, right? Because you don't know if he plays in either of those games. Right. Yeah, which is, is real, real tough. Um, but yeah, so don't like Diego Costa. Do like Luke Shaw. Not enough to buy him in this format. Um, a midfielder I don't like. We already talked about that we didn't like him at the top. This is a very uh, star-studded sit section here. That was a lot of alliteration, by the way. Um is Alexis at 11.6, 26.6% owned. This may f- feel gut-wrenchy because of, of the match that just occurred, but things are not looking very good for Alexis. He's been pushed out of his you know pseudo-striker role. He's been pushed back to the left wing because for some reason, I think Welbeck or Giroud are better options up top. Uh, his performances have dropped, and uh, depending on how Arsenal's double game weeks are scheduled, which, by the way, was supposed to happen last week, uh, if you're listening to this, hoping to hear us talk about that, we also wish that we could talk about that, uh, but the Premier League still hasn't released them. But he could have four top ten defenses in his next five matches, and at his price, with some of the blanks that you've mentioned lately, it's it's hard to talk yourself into owning him. I I do understand if you want to stick with him, just because of the kind of performances he put in early in the season, and I am in fantasy on the whole, leaning a little bit closer to uh, dance with the guy that brought you than others, but um. I'm just, I'm really worried about this at the moment, and I'm not expecting much against Boro's home defense. I mean, they, they, they have dropped off the past couple of weeks in defensive performance, that uh, whole match really being the clear one, but that wasn't at home. Um, I'm not saying Arsenal don't score, but I'm just saying if, if, if Alexis only gets one goal or only gets one assist, do you not think you could find a player that can do that for less than 11.6? That was exactly it, um, and that's why I, I don't love investing in him there but i would happily invest in theo walcott for four million less mm, and you're right yeah. burrow's been phenomenal they've only allowed 17 goals at home in the 15 matches they played there but when they let them in they let them in spectacular fashion and yeah. that's what i'm expecting from arsenal I, I i i'm questioning their ability to post consistent performances so i, I don't want to invest at the high end, but I think the mid-range players there are absolutely worth buying into. Yeah. Uh, and for the defense, uh, get rid of all the Chelsea defenders. It's just not worth it anymore. Nine nine matches in a row without a clean sheet. Sure, Alonso can score goals, but at that kind of price, I have zero interest. Um, and uh, I just mentioned the match against Jose. This is going to be a weird, boring one. It might be nil-nil. It might be one-nil, but again, kind of like the Alexis thing, just not worth the price for me. 
Um, all right. Uh, See, well, yeah. What's up? I would hold Marcus Alonso if you have him. Oh, yeah. Because yeah, yeah, you're yeah. never going to be able to get him back. So I'm not That's selling so true. him. But I'm not buying it at 6.8 when he's already almost 16% selected. Yeah. It's just there's not enough value. Something I, w- something I would keep an eye on, though, is Zuma. As more rotation stuff happens, like with the FA Cup semifinal, um, stuff like that. Because we've, we've now seen that once. And I, I just think it's an interesting one to keep an eye on. Kind of like uh, the Spurs wingback rotation of last season. Like we've gotten a taste of it. Let's see if that actually becomes a trend. But if it does, that becomes a very interesting option because it's a cheap point into that defense. Yeah, uh, I would also love to see Nathan Aki get like two or three starts with his three dot eight price. But, yeah, but you know. you know what he won't do? Uh, that. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, did you make any moves in your team this week? Um, I haven't made any moves yet. Uh, I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do about Antonio Valencia. I wanted to hold him, you know, particularly given the fact that United still have eight matches mm. left. Uh, I really don't love starting him, um, even home, but against Chelsea in this week. But once that week is is out, and maybe he just misses it through injury anyway. Um, but no, so I mean, my team as it stands right now, um, the highlights are it's, it's Lukaku, Benteke, Lorente, Sterling, Son, Sigurdsson, Firmino, and Eriksson, Valencia, Baines, Clavin, Walker, Alonso, and then I still have Jakubovic and Foster as my goalkeepers. Um I'm going to be rotating Ziggy and Lorente out in the next two weeks, and I'm going to be targeting uh, bringing in um, Wilfried Zaha in place of Sigurdsson to mm-hmm. buy me some capital, and then um, possibly folding Penteke in there as well, um, despite the fact that um, Palace still have seven matches. Uh, I'm going to try and... I'm going to try and roll the dice on an actual forward at Arsenal and hope <laughs> that I come up with the right one because um, they always, they'd end up, they'll end up being my third forward, uh, maybe my first substitute off the bench. And I think you could do worse than you know dropping seven or eight million into, uh, into those eight matches. Mm. Uh, yeah, for me, I have already done uh, Costa to Kane. I was <laughs> not joking around about that. Um, and I do actually have one free transfer left. I didn't make a transfer uh, in between the last two matches. I was pretty comfy in my team. And I got pretty good performance out of them. Uh, though, like you, um, had a defender blank. Mine being Kyle Walker. <laughs> and also like you, you assume he's in this weekend if, if we're considering this a rotation. And then maybe sell him after that. But man, it would be a gut punch if he missed out again. Um, so I'm considering using my second free transfer on uh, Phil Jones, who's still my last defender. I haven't been able to get out yet. Um, and considering somebody from the Stoke defense, just because their matchups are really good, but their performances haven't been that good. Um, so really not sure where I'm going to go with that one yet. Uh, who are you captaining this week? Assuming Ooh. it's a player that's already on your team. <laughs> yeah, um, that's a good one. I handed the armband to uh, Lukaku last week. I don't know that I would take it off of him with Burnley mm. upcoming and the form that he's in. But I also, away. Yeah. yeah, I have um, a large investment in Spurs, uh, including Son and Erickson, um, and I may hand it to Erickson as well. Uh, I really like having those two early matches. I know that I'll be watching both those games, and for me, this is still more about fun than performance. Mm-hmm. And you'll um, be watching for me on the TV as well. I will be. I'll be saying, where's the bearded man at the top of the match? <laughs> there are very, you know what? I just want to go out on a limb here and say there are too few brown haired, hair swoop, beard wearing, glassed men. 
Oh, absolutely. Respectable. Yeah, particularly respect, at Tottenham respect. matches. <laughs> yeah. Well, I definitely didn't stick out in Brooklyn. So let's see uh, <laughs> Let's see if this is any different. Um, but yeah, I, no, I agree with you. It, it's, it's more fun if you have players in like every match slot. Oh yeah, I will. I will, and I particularly mean so in Perfect Eleven, which is uh, you know the weekly Taga format. You can make substitutions right up until kickoff, yeah. and I love juggling those spots. Um, you know that's how I ended up with uh, Son and Kieran Trippier this week. I mean that's those guys well. were outstanding. Yeah, they were fantastic. Um, I really wish that I had traded Divock Origi out for somebody. <laughs> anyway, um, you know it's yeah, man. I, I I love that, and again for me. I will always have, I'm going to say for me, a lot in this version of this podcast, there's an alternative reality where no one had to hear that. But <laughs> I will always have Roberto Firmino in my squad where I can find him. Uh, I won't have him if you know he's blanking or he's injured or anything like that. But in a regular run of fixtures, even where he only has six left here, I will likely hold him until the last minute. Uh, when I know whoever you know is going to be the best value to double game week in that 37, and I'll sell him right before the last two weeks of the season, and I love having him, and it's frustrating as hell, but uh, you know I'd much rather be frustrated than like kicking myself when I'm not celebrating with him when you know he's scoring screamers. Yeah. Um, very quickly, uh, I did not notify you that we'd be talking about this at all before the show, and we didn't get this far the last time. Um, but just talking about our uh, Taga Experts League quickly. Um, it is very close at the top of the table. There's playoffs this year. Playoffs? What we're we talking about? Playoffs? You kidding me? Playoffs? Sorry, I just really wanted to do that bit. Um, <laughs> but uh, it's very. It looks very similar to the actual Premier League, where the gap between first and second uh, is about the same as the gap from second down to was that eighth. Yeah. And appropriately, Mike is a Chelsea fan. So that yeah. that makes a lot of sense. But um, any particular reason you think that the league is so close this year? Because, yeah, there are four players with 18 wins, 14 losses, and two on 19. I just realized I fell out of the top to three. To me. That's, that's awful. If I had <laughs> won, by the way, yeah, I'd be four. Oh, this is not. I am not enjoying this. Um, yeah, no, it's... Um, well, I mean, top to bottom, it's everybody. Everybody knows their football. Uh, I would say probably nine of the twelve managers have really stayed in it and been like hugely active. Not you know, and by hugely active, I mean checking more than once a week. Even you know, we have we have people that are routinely making moves three, four, five, six days a week, and the depth of player pool in draft means that having that knowledge. And when that knowledge is sort of spread out across a large group, there are a lot more value plays that are attempted and and come good, right? So, I mean, players like Matt Phillips have been rostered since the beginning of the season. Players like Josh King, yeah, Josh King has been rostered since the start of the season. Like, yeah, it's but those guys they don't ever they don't ever fall out of favor um, with an entire league. So, if you dropped them, even if they are in a you know a really bad spot, someone else is going to pick them up, believing that the rest of their season is a purple patch. So. You know, it's I love it. I mean, I love I love a competing against smart people that understand the the value and the depth of play, and b I love the fact that there's a format where I can go and do that. You know, and I'm not just like trying to figure out the best way to 
get three defenders on my roster that don't play because their <laughs> value is so low that it allows me to afford like a halfway decent strike force. Like I still play that. I just don't think it's as fun. Yeah. Also, um, just realize this: you, me, and Rob all have the exact same record. Yeah. Yeah, we do. Good times. And Rob's still third in that grouping. That is untrue. Damn it. <laughs> he's literally first. <laughs> but he's yeah. only, he's, uh, what, about 70 points ahead of me. Yeah, and you're like points 80 points ahead of me. Uh-huh. And I am in seventh place, just missing the playoffs if the season ended today. Yeah. And, you know, any of us with one more win would be in the top three. Again, talking about how close that is. Yeah, that's yep. a fun Experts League. Uh, it sounds like there's going to be more stuff from us uh, draft-wise in the summer. Um, so be, be sure to keep an eye out on that. Of course, always check out John's stuff at Taga. Uh, I know you're also doing stuff for SI right now. J- just plug all your stuff, man. Oh, yeah. So you can find me at sportsillustrated.com. I write a column for every game week. Uh, the next one will be up probably Wednesday of this week, looking ahead to um, this weekend's matches. You can listen to me on Talk and Taga, which is a podcast that talks about Draft Fantasy League. You can find that at all your usual places. Um, and you can find me here um, as the new co-host, since Rob's going to stay in Jamaica. <laughs> so I look forward to you uh, enjoying this dynamic between me and Kev. Uh, my voice is usually a little more elevated. It's uh, very scratchy. But, uh, yeah, that's that's pretty much all my stuff. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, Rob currently hanging out in Wes Morgan's house. Uh, still yet to confirm whether or not Wes Morgan actually knows about it. Um, <laughs> I am uh, a host of the show, Kevin DeVries, at Kevroff on Twitter. I'm the quote-unquote lead fantasy writer at Goal.com. Um we still don't have more of them, but that's technically uh, what I do over there. Uh, three to four articles this week, even with the travel. I'm not sure if I'm going to be able to get to the Champions League team of the week, because I think I'm going to be in the air both during those matches and when uh, my deadline would be. But yeah, be sure to go over there. Um, already did a Premier League team of the week. Uh, that'll be up tomorrow morning, uh, as well as a Champions League piece on the players you want to bring in for this week. Um, no DFS video from this for, for us this week uh, for VIP Bet, uh, but always be sure to check them out. Check out our friends over at TheEaglesBeak.com. Obviously, go check out all the folks at Taga. And download that dang uh, Goal Fantasy game, why don't you? We were talking about you can uh, do those light subs. You can do that over at Goal. It's, it's much closer to the uh, official game. Um, not as not as drafty or tradey, etc., but... Uh, also a fun option, and they have a Champions League game, which is why I'm writing about that. That isn't just weirdly arbitrary. But um, massive thanks to John for not only coming on, but doing this three times with me. Uh, best of luck to your teams this week. Not sure yet what our schedule is going to be like next week, because I'm not sure if Rob is back yet, and I will be gone. <laughs> but uh, Maybe we'll just have John do it by himself. <laughs> hey, you guys will find me right here, no problem. <laughs> Great. He's just going to be sitting in his room until next week to do it again. Uh, But thanks so much for listening. Best of luck to your teams this week, and we'll catch you next time. 